Hi, friends, and welcome to Cubby Sports Bar and Grill. We are live. And try not to get too emotional. This is the season finale of the Jackrabbit Basketball Coaches Show. <laughs> now that's a sound I'm used to hearing when my voice echoes throughout the building. This is our final Jackrabbit Basketball Coaches Show because the SDSU men's and women's basketball teams will be headed to the Summit League Tournament. They'll begin play on Saturday. Tournament actually begins on Friday this year with the new format as all 10 teams make it on the men's and women's sides. We'll have complete coverage throughout the Jackrabbit Sports Network of every game the men and women play in the Summit League Tournament and beyond. But of course, Monday is the semifinals, so because of that, we'll all be in Sioux Falls. We will not have a show, and then we'll be on to further postseason heights from there, we all hope. I am Tyler Merriam coming up this hour. Here from Cubby Sports Bar and Grill, head coach of the women's basketball team, Aaron Johnston, will join us, and Maya Selland is alongside as well. But we start with the head coach of the SDSU men, Eric Henderson. And it's time to, again, just acknowledge where this team is, what you've accomplished, and uh, certainly the goal is to win a championship, but to be the number two seed, uh, to win it without any question, and to have put yourself in a position where not only do you play a team on Saturday that's played on Friday, but then if you win, you get a day off and play a team who has played the day before. That really is the overall goal for the tournament, is to be one of those top two teams, and you put yourself in that position. Yeah, re really, really proud of our guys. Obviously, it's been an exciting year, and, and uh, we certainly have taken a few lumps. But, but to be able to be playing our best basketball at this time of the year and to be able to put ourselves in a position, like you said, to – to um, if we're fortunate enough to win on Saturday to have that day off and and uh, ready to go to battle again on Monday you, you know night that that's a really really important thing and and um, but just really proud of our guys how they've dealt with a lot of different things throughout the year and um, really to be to be playing our best right now is what everybody wants, and, and so kudos to our guys. And I mentioned this to you afterwards in our post-game chat on Saturday. You look at where this team is defensively. You're playing at a very high level right now. Yeah, you, you look at the last couple games, and, and um, obviously it helps – you know, we're as whole as we're going to be this year getting Alex back and and then uh, uh, Charlie as well. You know, that just gives us multiple options and especially defensively gives us another shooter out there. Um, obviously, he wished he would have made one more on uh, Saturday afternoon. But uh, but but just to be able to have those guys back in the lineup on a consistent basis defensively, we've made some great strides and, and uh, I'm excited for this weekend. I know that. Why do you think you've made such significant strides defensively? Well, it, we just become more and more connected, you know, and I think it's getting comfortable with playing. You know, we've added some new guys in there, and there's been guys in and out of the lineup throughout the year a little bit, and, and uh, just getting more and more comfortable. I think, uh, you know, we do have some older guys, so understanding the value of what a connected locker room means at this time of the year. Um, and I've said this numerous times, as good as and it's fun and as good as it is to be, in, you know, electric on the offensive end, when you're talking about Summit League Tournament championships, you better be one of the best, best defensive teams in the league. And our guys know that and they, they know the importance of that. So they, they've done a good job of really understanding that and, and taking it to heart. Let's touch briefly on the, the Thursday game against Kansas City, and we talk about how the Jacks are as healthy as you've been all year. Kansas City on the flip side, Shamari Allen, who, as you and I have talked, is on both of our ballots as an all-league yeah. player. 
Uh, Allen injures himself uh, last Saturday, a week ago Saturday, and so didn't play in these two games to end the regular season. We don't think he'll play in the postseason, which is just a shame because he's an electric individual. And so for Kansas City to come on the road and face two teams that are very competitive with a lot to play for and to be missing uh, a first or second team all-league guy, that's a lot to ask. Yeah, yeah, it really was. And, you know, they really challenged us early in the first half. We were turning the basketball over. They, they have some, you know, elite athleticism. They can really, really guard, you know, and Shamari's a part of that. But, yeah. uh, you know, when somebody goes down, you kind of rally yourself a little bit. And they did that, and especially in that first half. We turned it over a little bit too much. and, and um, but, but then at the end, we were able to stretch it to, I think, maybe 11 at half is what it got to. And, and um, our guys did a good job of, of just staying the course and understanding, hey, we don't need to, you know, we don't need to come, but you know, you know, get it all at once. Let's just, you know, take it possession at a time, and and we settled in, and we were able to, you know, get away from them there. Talking about being efficient offensively, you shoot 56%, and I love to look at the top scorers and how efficient they are in particular, and I look at points and field goal attempts. And if you're scoring 20 points on 12 attempts compared to 20 on 21 attempts, that's a different deal. You look at Mayo, he has 13 on 8 attempts. Dentlinger had 16 on 9 attempts. Those two guys incredibly efficient as your two leading scorers. Yeah, and they've been that way for about the last three or four weeks. Yeah. You know, they've they've been our horses and playmakers that, that have created a lot of the offense for us. Not that other guys haven't stepped up and done their part but they've been the playmakers, and, and um, you know, obviously what Zeke's doing with the basketball in his hands has been pretty special. But equally, Matt Dentlinger, you know, we're able to throw it to him on the block, and he's been super, super efficient down there, and he's a good passer, and, and we're, we're able to play through him like we've done with other post players in the past. So to be able to have two guys like that, it's, it's, it's certainly a nice weapon. Then on Saturday, Oral Roberts comes into Brookings, and so many things happening with this basketball game. To begin with, it's senior day, and you have all the emotions of you have, what, four managers that are seniors who are so <laughs> yeah. integral to what you do on a daily basis, so they get honored. And then you have the three individuals, and Aaron Fegan, Alex Arians, and Matt Dentlinger, and all that happens before the game. So before you're going to have this intense <laughs> environment and this boiling of emotions, you have all that before the game. Yeah, w what a special day. I mean, first and foremost, you guys are incredible. I mean, the atmospheres that, that, that was in Frost Arena on Saturday afternoon – I mean that was that was incredible, and our guys are super super thankful for that. And we're we are certainly disappointed that we didn't get the outcome that any of us wanted. But uh, I know this, and and uh, the 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 crowd was electric, and I know our guys' effort was pretty dynamic too. And uh, I was really really proud of them. But uh, it, going back to to your initial point, Tyler, those seniors that have done so much for our program, and you know obviously the managers that have been around for several, several years and the stuff that they do behind the scenes is incredible. But then you look at the three players that have been in our program six years, six years, and five years. Yep. It, it, it was pretty emotional. And, you, you know, um, Alex and, and Matt, the, the, the things that they've done on the court is, is incredible. You know, the amount of starts that they've had is breaking records. And then, you know, the adversity that Aaron Fegan's gone through, we're going to miss those guys. And obviously on the court, but even off of it, they're just student athletes through and through. Arians has a school record 135 career starts, and he will finish his career in the top 10 in program history and assists, free throw percentage, 
and three-point percentage. Dentlinger, meanwhile, has a school record for games played, 152. He's fourth in school history in career blocks. And this might surprise some people. He shoots 61% for his career. That's the best in program history. So Matt Dentlinger will have a, a school record, two of them actually, to his name when he finishes up his SDSU career. You know, he's a guy that's kind of been in the background, right? Yeah. Doesn't get talked about a whole lot, but uh, – the consistency that he's brought to our team the last six years is incredible, and that's what we're all about. We want to you know, be true to who we are. We want to work our tails off um, and, and earn everything we get, and nobody's done that better than Matt Dellinger. Talking about Oral Roberts, this game in particular, you have ORU trying to become the first team uh, since SDSU last year, the second team ever, to run the table in the regular season and go 18-0. and And I bring that up because – Nobody understands how hard that is to do except for you because you did it a year ago. And so it speaks also to how remarkable your season was a year ago. This is an incredibly tough task. I give them a lot of credit, obviously. What we went through last year was certainly very, very emotional, and you yeah. try to you try to put it all kind of in the back and take it one game at a time. But that's easier said than done. And, and for them to come into Frost Arena, the last regular season game of the year, and to be able to, you, you know, come out with the victory, I give them a lot of credit. I have a lot of respect for their program. They've got a lot of really terrific players that have been there a long time. We talk about Matt and Alex and those guys. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've got a very similar circumstance there. Um, but uh, I know this, they, 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 it's, great, it's a great accomplishment, but uh, they still got a little pressure on them yet too. They do, and <laughs> and how about the job your defense did? Because this is an Oral Roberts team that offensively is scoring 86 points a game, one of the top teams in the nation, third in scoring, top 10 in a number of other categories. They score 69 points is all, shot just 36%, and only 26% in the second half. I, I'll tell you what, Tyler, our half-court defense was terrific. I was, you, you know, offensively, we, we turned it over at the end of the day we turned it over just a little bit too much and they were able to capitalize on those, which was really disappointing because our defensively, when we were, when we were playing in the half court against them, that was as good of defensive effort as I've seen in a long time from our team. And uh, so, so we, we just kind of got caught up offensively. We got a little bit stagnant, turned it over just a little bit too much. And I, I don't know what it ended up. I think it was 17 points off of our turnovers. Correct. And that's, that's just too many. Cut that, you know, just take a couple of those away and that outcome's different, you know. But, but that's the way it is. You live and learn a little bit. And, and, um, our, but, but our effort on that defensive end, that was pretty special. Well, I think that's the interesting thing is that some would look at this and go, hey, they're the team to beat in the Summit League. They run the table. And, man, the Jacks played them so well that they were close. And the takeaway that, that you have and the team has is, is that you kind of shot yourselves in the foot on some opportunities and very easily could have won that game. We didn't play our best, yeah. you know, but but our fight, I mean, I'd never, I'd never question that. Like, our dude's fight was – was top notch. It's just, you know, we did. We got a little careless with the ball. We played a little fast, uh, you know, some of those possessions. We were hungry. We were excited, which is great. But uh, l like you said, that's how we do take – that's what we do take away from this is we're right there, and we weren't even at our best. So um, we're going to continue to get better this week in practice and take it one step at a time, you know, because our margin for error is not big, and we got to make sure – we take care of business on Saturday, that first round, and then we'll deal with that other stuff later. 
We will talk about the upcoming Summit League Tournament. We'll talk about the fans. We'll talk about Frost Arena. All that and more coming up with the head coach of the SDSU men's basketball team, Eric Henderson. When we come back to Cubby Sports Bar and Grill, we are live with the Jackrabbit Basketball Coaches Show on the Jackrabbit Sports Network from Learfield. Welcome back to Cubby Sports Bar and Grill and more of the Jackrabbit Basketball Coaches Show on this Monday night. I'm Tyler Merriam. Thanks for joining us. If you have not made it down to Cubbies, we encourage you to do so because on top of the normal festivities that occur, portions of every meal purchased tonight here at Cubbies goes to support SDSU's efforts in the Summit League food fight which the Jacks have done so well in. Absolutely, big applause for Cubbies. Jacks have done so well in over the years. Jenny Sell, who heads up the uh, athletics, academic side of things, uh, does such a tremendous job with her staff of really piloting the Food Fight program and, and getting so many student athletes involved. And Hendo, I know you see that firsthand, the, the involvement of the student athletes in the community with events like the Food Fight is so special. Yeah, it's one thing that makes our place unique. Is, yeah. And, and it, you know, it really is special. But people like Jenny, and other support staff people that don't get a lot of credit uh, are a big, pot, a big part of the success that uh, happens for our student-athletes. We're pretty fortunate. Let's talk a little here about uh, Frost Arena, and it will still be Frost Arena in name next year because similar to, for those folks who recall, the Coughlin Alumni Stadium project, it was a two-year project, so year one, when it was a hybrid stadium, it was still Coughlin Alumni. Same deal next year. There'll be some new things. It won't be like Frost like we know it, but it still will be Frost Arena. It'll become First Bank and Trust Arena in the fall of 2024. But the last basketball game in the Frost Arena as we know it occurred on Saturday. And from a fan and atmosphere standpoint, what a way that was to go out. Over 4,100 fans. I mean, just a tremendous atmosphere for a college basketball game. Yeah, that, that was a really cool, like our, our staff talked about it afterwards. I mean, the feeling, the energy that was in that place, the the just the excitement was pretty special. But uh, you can say that many nights about Frost Arena crowd. I'll tell you what, the people that – put their butts in those seats are, are there may be a little bias in there but that's okay I, I'll take that too but uh, the, the, they, are, they are jacks through and through my friend there may be a little bias <laughs> but here's the thing that's hard to think about there'll be twice as many in the Denny Sanford Premier Center this weekend and you've had a chance to see this a number of years now you saw it on the other side for a couple of years <laughs> as well what is it tell me about Jackrabbit fans at the Denny Sanford Premier Center at the Summit League Tournament well, they just know when to get going. You know what I mean? That's the thing that I love about it the, the, the most is that they, they we feed off each other. You know, um, if you, they, they appreciate how our players play. They appreciate our teamwork. They appreciate uh, good basketball. And uh, they, they know, they, they just kind of know when we need a little spark. And, and uh, there's nothing better when you're in, that, in the Denny and, and uh, that place is blue and yellow and it's uh, – it's pretty special. And they make an impact. Oh, a huge impact. I'll tell you what, there's been a few times that we've been in a tough spot that uh, we needed them in a big way, and they've came through every single time. Well, let's discuss a little how this tournament works. Again, it is a new format, so all 10 teams make it, and play will begin on Friday. So they, sometimes people refer to them as play-in games, but they're in the tournament. And so the first game Friday night is the 8-seed Denver and the 9-seed North Dakota. Whoever wins that game will play top-seeded Oral Roberts on Saturday night at 6. The Friday late game is Kansas City, the 7th seed, and the 10th seed Omaha. That'll be Friday night at 8.30. 
The winner of that game takes on the second seed, South Dakota State. So the Jacks will see either the Ruse or the Mavericks at 8.30 on Saturday night. So realistically, you're not going to know for sure who you're playing till 10.30 on Friday night. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, we'll, we'll practice here all week, and then uh, we'll practice Friday morning. We practice every morning, as you know, Tyler. But uh, then, then we'll head down there in, in the afternoon on Friday, grab some supper, and, and uh, we'll take the team to that game at 8.30 to watch the first half. The coaches will stay for the rest of the game, and, and they'll get back in their beds. And then early on Saturday morning, we'll – We'll start sharing the information with our players. And, no, we're in a fortunate situation. Um, we've played both of those teams in the last 10 days. So, obviously, very familiar with both of those teams. Um, uh, but, but uh, like I said, you get down to that tournament time, and uh, any team's margin for error is very, very minimal. So, um, both of those teams, will w w either one of them, whichever one it is, will have our full attention on Saturday. Just to complete the bracket, four-seed Western Illinois, five-seed St. Thomas play on Sunday at 6 o'clock. Those uh, two teams are matched up on the Oral Roberts side of the bracket. And then on Sunday at 8.30, it's the three-seed North Dakota State, the six-seed South Dakota. So if SDSU is able to win and make the semifinals, the Jacks would play one of their two biggest rivals, NDSU or USD, whoever wins on Monday night at 8.30, but certainly one step at a time. Other note, of course, with St. Thomas, if St. Thomas is to run the table, St. Thomas is not eligible for the NCAA tournament as a transitioning school. The Summit League's never allowed a transitioning school in the tournament until this year. This has become a national thing the last few years yeah. that these teams can get in. So if St. Thomas wins the tournament, the, the regular season champ, Oral Roberts, would go to the NCAA tournament. Right? I, th I think. Yes, that's what I've been told. <laughs> I was hoping. Th thanks for backing me up, pal. Great job there, Hendo. I think. Yes, I, that's, yes, that's what yes. we've been told, yes. yes. But, yes. Uh, but nevertheless, my friend. All right, so Summit League Tournament. We've talked about the atmosphere. You've hinted on it a little bit. But what does it take for the Jacks to win three and four days? But what does it take? How does a team win the Summit League Tournament. We always talk about, Tyler, when we, this time of the year that, that the best locker room has the best chance to win. That doesn't mean you always win, but the best locker room. And what's that mean? To me, that means connectivity. How's your team getting along? Because half the teams that are out there right now are miserable. They, they, they don't like playing anymore. They're fighting. Somebody's shooting too much, and somebody's not happy, right? Um, but, but we talk about that all the time, and that's where we just want to have the best locker room at the end of February and March. And, and I, I can tell you this, we've been fortunate that, that we've been in a spot like that many times, and, and um, I feel like we are right now too. And, and, then, and then it goes back to, you know, the defensive side of the ball. You know, when you look at, um, you know, the, the, the history of who's represented the Summit League in the NCAA tournament, all but one year, it's either been the first or second ranked defensive team in the league. All Crazy. but one year. And uh, no matter how good the offense is, at this time of the year, you, you better be sharp on the defensive end. And, and one thing that we talk about as a team, and I brought up to this group several, several times, that, that's going to be really important for us to do, and, is that, and that's rebound the basketball. And that hasn't been one of our strengths this year. And so for our guys to understand that and, and make sure that, that that's something that, hey, we gotta, we got to continue to think about and, and, and at least fight and compete. And that's, that's what we're asking from our guys, and we know we'll get it. Normally, you like to hang around and chat. I know you have a recruiting trip you need to make, so you're going to have to get out of here. But before we let you run, these folks have been down here with us each and every Monday night. For some reason, they want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess. But, but, no, you guys are 
I, I just feel, and I know my wife, we talk about all the time how fortunate we are to be where we're at. And the people of Brookings and the supporters of, of South Dakota State and our team, um, we're just very, I get goosebumps thinking about it because it's not like this everywhere else. And to be able to give kids the opportunity that we get to and to have, the, have them supported like this, we're very, very lucky. So thank you guys for supporting us all year, and I sure hope the best is yet to come this year. So thanks, and you guys. We'll see you all down in Sioux Falls. Eric Henderson, Wayne State Hall of Famer, joining us here on the Jackrabbit Basketball Coaches Show. A soon-to-be Hall of Famer, Maya Selland, is on the way. We'll talk to her in just a moment when the Jackrabbit Basketball Coaches Show continues. We're live from Cubby's Sports Bar and Grill on the Jackrabbit Sports Network from Learfield. Welcome back inside Cubby Sports Bar and Grill for the Jackrabbit Basketball Coaches Show. It's our final edition of the year with the Summit League Tournament right around the corner. We'd love to see everybody out in Sioux Falls at the Denny Sanford Premier Center. We do understand some of you have bosses that might not allow that. So if you can't make it down to Sioux Falls for every game, reservations are being taken on a limited basis right here at Cubby. So you can come down and watch the game on one of the 60 high-definition televisions with plenty of other Jackrabbit fans all here at Cubby Sports Bar and Grill Main Avenue downtown Brookings joining me is a young lady who needs no introduction but since they pay me to do these things I will introduce her anyhow she is the pride of Letcher please give it up for number 44 Maya Selland everybody thank you how are you Maya I'm good glad to be here I'm glad to have you here and we were talking off air as well you were down here one year ago tomorrow yep so it's almost the one year anniversary you joined us to kick off her turn. Yeah. For yep. those who don't remember, what is her turn? So her turn is a nonprofit that uh, teammate Tori Nelson and I have founded. Um, that's really dedicated to providing sporting opportunities to young girls in the Brookings community. So uh, we're really excited about the year we've had and what's kind of next for us. You started this here, and I remember so many people excited about it, trying to find out how it would go. Give us an idea of the impact it's had in year number one. Yeah, so we were nervous when we kind of launched a year ago. Just of We had really good ideas, but ultimately none of it would happen without the support. And so, like you said, um, we had a lot of great support uh, right away, and uh, that's really kind of helped us have a really good first year. We've been able to provide um, nine scholarships to um, SDSU camps. So we had five volleyball scholarships, two basketball scholarships, and um, two soccer. So nine girls got to attend camps this summer. It was three-day camps. They got to spend the night in the dorms and um, get to work with Division One athletes. So we had a really um, successful first year. Oh, terrific. It's so cool. Give her a round of applause for this. <laughs> what she and Tori are doing is so cool. And for those that do want to make an impact, now that they're hearing about this, some may do not remember this, perhaps. If they don't, how can they get involved? Yes, yeah, so we have a ton of information on our website at herturnsd.org. Um, lots of information there. You can find most of it. Otherwise, um, Tori and I are always open to answering any questions you have. So, yeah. Uh, before I ask you what's coming next, uh, <laughs> we'll get to that eventually, but your career's coming to an end here. Is this thing going to keep going? Are you going to still be involved? How's that going to work? Yeah, absolutely. It's something that Tori and I are really um, dedicated to, to keeping going. Okay. And so uh, we're kind of working on an ambassador program where we'll um, have ambassadors on campus so other um, student athletes who are still in Brookings will kind of take some of the logistics and make sure things are going well here in Brookings. But Tori and I are still going to have uh, – quite the hand in it. <laughs> well, it's going to be awesome. And again, congratulations on the success. I joked with you a few months ago, we bumped into each other in the hallway, and I said that you're going to have grandkids before you actually leave this program. <laughs> 
And I think Jackrabbit fans would be fine with that. They wish you were around a little while longer. Can you believe that this is coming to an end finally? No, it's hard to kind of process. I think um, senior day was a lot of emotion, just, you know, looking into Frost one last time, knowing um, there was the last time I was going to be in that building and that, you know, in a uniform. And so, um, yeah, it's it's emotional. It's been quite the journey, but I uh, wouldn't have want, wanted to do it anywhere else. Well, it's been a blast to, to watch this whole thing. And family is such a big deal to you guys. And to get to have your sister a part of this the last couple of years has had to make it extra special. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, we talked about when she graduated high school, we didn't know if we'd ever be, you know, on the same team again. And so to get a few more years together and, um, you know, basketball is just so special to our family. And so um, to do it together has been really fun for us. It's been really fun for, you know, my parents and my family to um, have us on the same team again. All right, playing this game of, of college basketball and all the highs and the lows and the ups and the downs and the emotions and all that, what do you take away from this experience? How is it going to uh, affect you 5, 10, 20 years down the road? Yeah, um, you know, I think what I'm going to most take from it is just the relationships that I've been able to make. I think obviously just with my teammates and, um, you know, we go through a lot throughout a season together and um, I've been really fortunate to have such great teammates and then, but I think just the relationships that I've been able to make in this community and, you know, with our coaches and um, people at SDSU, our professors and, um, you know, administration. And so I think just, yeah, um, those relationships, I think, are really what I'm going to take from it. And um, it's really just a special place with really special people. Okay, let's run down the academic side of it. So degree-wise, where do we sit? Yep, so I'll, I'll finish with an exercise science degree in a community in public health degree and then a couple minors <laughs> on top of that <laughs> you got a bevy of things on your plate so I know this is a question you hate but I have to ask what are you going to do with this what's yep. next for Maya Sellen yep so that's a great question I think Maya Sellen's still trying to figure that out <laughs> um but I think you know right now I'm just going to try to see how far basketball can take me and um, see what more the sport can offer me, and from there we'll kind of figure it out. <laughs> well, and you got time to figure it out, which is cool. Outside of basketball, though, I mean, has there been a dream of something you wanted to do, whether it's just in general making an impact in a certain area? Is there something like that for you? Yeah, I think, you know, just working with Tori and starting her turn has really kind of opened my eyes to kind of just the nonprofit world and yeah. um, all the impact you can make and on people around you, and so I think that's definitely an area that I'll pursue. How has it been for you going from, you know, that, that young, uh, impressionable student athlete with the Macy Millers and the, the Maddie Gieberts, and, and now here you are as the leader making impressions? What's that to transition been like for you? Yeah, it's been interesting. You know, I think I was so lucky to just, just come in with, uh, you know, upperclassmen that were so in, impactful and um, did such a good job and made such a mark on the program. And so um, really just kind of kind of, you know, tried to take what, you know, they gave me and what I learned from them to kind of um, do what I'm good at to kind of for the, the young ones coming up. And so, um, yeah, hopefully I was able to kind of make an impact and, you know, move the program, you know, just a little step further. You talked about the emotions of playing your final game at Frost Arena, but you hope there are three games left to be played in this state in front of Jackrabbit Nation at the Denny Sanford Premier Center in Sioux Falls coming up with the Summit League Tournament. We talk about it so much, but I want to hear it from a student-athlete's perspective. What is it like running out on that floor when the school song plays and you see all that yellow and blue or you hear them during the game? What's that experience like in Sioux Falls? Yeah, it's unbelievable. I think it's, you know, it's almost just an extension of Frost Arena because they're just – Jack Rabbit Nation always shows out. There's always a, a ton of blue in the crowd. And 
um, you know, they just kind of, they lift you up the same way they kind of do in frost. And um, when we need that push or we need a little energy, they're there to, to give it to us. And it's just that on such a bigger level and um, obviously the stakes are higher and it's just an exciting atmosphere, but yeah, the, the Jack, Jack Revenation definitely makes a difference down there. You love this time of year, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, just an exciting time of year and I think um you know just looking back I've had a few years where I had to sit out a couple of these postseason runs and so that's never fun too so I'm um, glad to be able to to be a part of this one and hopefully make most of it before I turn you loose I know how special this place has been for you but you got all these fans <laughs> here who come down every Monday and they've been so supportive at all the games throughout your career what do you say to them yeah just thank you I don't know if thank you's enough but um you truly have made a difference in in my time as a jackrabbit and um, I, I, I just appreciate all the support and there's really no one, no fan base better. Maya, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Maya Selland, everybody. When the Jackrabbit Basketball Coaches Show continues, Aaron Johnston will join us. We'll talk about the women's basketball team's undefeated Summit League season. That's coming up in just a moment. This is the Jackrabbit Basketball Coaches Show on the Jackrabbit Sports Network from Learfield. Welcome back inside Cubby Sports Bar and Grill. Season finale of the Jackrabbit Basketball Coaches Show as the Summit League Tournament begins on Friday. We remind you again, it's a new format this year. Five days down at the Denny Sanford Premier Center in Sioux Falls. There'll be four games Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and then the two championship games on Tuesday. Women's sessions in the afternoons, the men in the evenings and the SDSU women are the number one seed in the Summit League Tournament. It's head coach Aaron Johnston with us after they complete the first 18-0 Summit League season since the mid-90s. And the Jackrabbits, the regular season Summit League champions outright, the number one seed. Head coach AJ again, congratulations on all of this. And and uh, we talked about it with Hendo as well since his team did it a year ago. Oral Roberts did it this year on the men's side. You guys do it. It is tough enough to win a league it's that much tougher to go undefeated and to deal with everything you have to deal with to do that just a tremendous congratulations to you and your program yeah it's really neat and I don't know on the women's side really or the men's side how many other just teams in the country did it and I think it's probably very few for that reason it's just really hard to do 18 times in our case you have to go out there and be at your very best and usually as you're in that position, you're obviously a top team, and, and teams are going to give you probably their best game. So you have to handle a lot of different things. There's always bumps in the road that come up. I'm not talking losses, but, you know, you handle adversity, whether it's travel adversity, you handle injuries, you handle things that, you know, maybe test you too. So it is a, a, a great testament to just how well we played for a long stretch of time. That really started before Christmas, you know, coming off of the South Carolina uh, loss down in Sioux Falls, had to come back and play Oral Roberts in Kansas City and, and kind of get ourselves together again. And, and then after Christmas, I thought just picked up a bunch of momentum. But, um, you know, we've, we've, we've stayed healthy throughout that stretch for the most part. We haven't had a lot of things to deal with, which has been good. And, and I still credit our upper-class players, you know, our seniors in particular and our juniors who have been here for a long time. Just such a steady, consistent team. Um, really deep, so we haven't had to just rely on one or two people, and that's helped us on some nights. Uh, but they've, as leaders, just done a great job of keeping everybody moving in the right direction. And uh, we certainly celebrate our victories and, and uh, have a lot of fun, uh, but they also just continue to go about it in such a consistent manner, which is uh, really fun to see as a coach. So it was a great accomplishment. We didn't talk a lot about going undefeated. Uh, maybe down the right at the very end, you know, when you start to get to that point and you feel like, geez, we're, we're right there. we got a chance to cross that finish line. Uh, let's really go after 
after it. And so right at the end, we probably talked a little bit about it, um, but it's just a you know good byproduct of a lot of a lot of days of showing up and just doing their best in practice and in games. Well, to answer your question, there are six teams in Division One, either men's or women's, who are undefeated in conference play. A couple still have conference games left. One of those is South Carolina, who uh, uh, was your last loss, as a matter of fact, and you held them to one of the fewest points they've had all year as well. So we start talking about the battle-tested nature of the Jackrabbit women and that schedule in November and December prepared you for this tournament to run. Yeah, I think our latest non-conference strength of schedule is like third in the country. So it was the third toughest schedule out of 360-some teams. Uh, and I thought we played great in November, December. We had one weekend at Montana State and Washington State. We just didn't shoot it well. I wouldn't say we played poorly. We just did one of those weekends where it was back-to-back. And we were coming back from the Bahamas, so we are probably a little worn down from that. We just didn't make shots. Uh, but other than that, we played great. You know, we beat Mississippi State here. It was going to be an NCAA tournament team. Beat Louisville down in the Bahamas. Played tough with UCLA, who's been ranked in the top 20 pretty much all year. Um, just a lot of the even losses were good competitive games. So we've had a really good team. Um, you know, we didn't just figure that out here at the end of February. <laughs> we felt good about it all year, and, and uh, we look forward to, to what's coming next. Well, to go on the road and to beat two teams who, like we talked about, you know, gave you different challenges in Brookings, particularly Oral Roberts, to go on the road and to play as well as you did in these two games, just take care of business. Uh, because the easiest thing in the world is to toy with your food sometimes, and this team did not do that. Yeah, yeah, toy with the food. I haven't, um, yeah, we don't. That's what I'm here for, AJ. Toy with the food. I'm trying to figure out where to go with that. I think uh, <laughs> one of the, the best things about this team, and we can talk about our stars, because just got done visiting with Maya, and obviously a special person, special player, and. I thought she was really good. I think she was named Player of the Week and the yep. uh, Peak Performer of the Week, I should Correct. say, and very well-deserving. She was uh, outstanding this weekend. She just almost unguardable at times, and it was fun to watch her really play at that level against two you know, good teams. Um, and our starters, like Haley Timmer I've mentioned, and Paige played so well, and, and uh, Peyton's doing such good things, and Tori's always been there. Um, but our bench has been fantastic all year, too, and we'll never probably get the credit they deserve. You know, Drew and Callie in particular coming off the bench and being so good. Maddie and Maddie giving us really good minutes when they've been called on. Mesa, Reagan before she got hurt. Ellie, you know, that whole group has been fantastic for us. And certainly you have to have a starting lineup that can go out there and really play well. Um, but I feel like we don't lose a, a beat when we go to our bench. And, and they were great this weekend, too. So really proud of them. And, and uh, you know, we talk about them a lot. But I think it's important that they are really recognized and people understand just how talented a group that is. And a couple of stats that jump out. Of course, obviously, you shoot the ball well. You're over 47%. You're eighth in Division One, But rebound margin, which uh, is a huge stat, obviously. You're eighth in the country. You're plus 10 rebounds per game better than your opposition. Yeah, you know, and uh, that's an important one for us. You know, the factors that influence winning, rebounding is certainly one of them. Um, so it's always been an important one for us. And sometimes that means when you rebound well, you don't, you don't make a lot of shots, unfortunately. So, but with this team, that's not the case. We're really efficient offensively. You know, we lead in field goal percentage and other things, too. So to have that margin says a lot about how good our defense is and just preventing made shots, and that's been a big part of it because it's, it's hard to get that kind of a margin and shoot it as well as we do, is my point. Mm -hmm. uh, Brooklyn Meyer, who I, you know, another one of those players off the bench, just gives us such, you know, physicality coming in and someone that just brings so much to what we do on offense, defense, and rebounding. And we're just, just lucky to have all of those players. And, uh, you know, our length and athleticism is always a part of that uh, but really it's a mindset you have players who are willing to do it and, and take it really seriously so that's been a huge part of our success all year the other number two uh, scoring uh, 15th in the country in points per game scoring margin is great 
but you're making over 15 free throws per game. So you're top 20 in the nation in that stat. You're getting to the line. You're making your free throws as well. I mean, that's huge. It is, you know, just really efficient offensively. That's the best way to describe our team. We're not a team that just always flies up and down. I think we average 85 points, you know, ish, give or take a little bit somewhere in there in conference anyway. Yeah. Um, but we're not a team that just flies up and down. There are a couple of teams in our league that score a lot, but you can tell it's because of pace of play. You know, for us, we're just really efficient. Uh, I think we're about 11 turnovers a game right now in conference, which is very low. That's incredibly good. Um, so we take care of it. We get good shots. The right people take them. Uh, still really unselfish, you know, the the ball movement that our team has and, and how we're able to, to share the ball and find open people is fantastic. Uh, it's just a really, you know, team that has a good comfort level with how everybody plays and how to get people involved. And, you know, they just want to win. They're, they're highly competitive, highly driven, and, and winning is the goal for them. So that uh, makes our job easy. Is practice as competitive as the games are for this team? Yeah, today, I don't know. If competitive, where's Maya? You can bring her back up here. If <laughs> that would be the word. We She's have some, sh some shooting drills that were competitive. I would say that. Um, you know, th this team is so um, – all of our teams have been just really, you know, bright and smart, so I don't want it to see that this is different. But this team just has a ability to take information, and I don't want to say they don't have to practice. We practice, and, and probably, you know, plenty. Um, uh, but they just pick things up, so you don't have to spend a lot of time with things. Okay, we want to try and get to this spacing or get to this set, or here's what the other team is going to run. We kind of talk about it, uh, but we're far enough in where now they have kind of understand how we want to handle things, so we don't have to just continue to grind, grind, grind. So, yes, very competitive in practice, for sure. We have our, our group of practice guys that come in that help give us some different looks, and that's been just uh, a good thing for us all year. Uh, but part of why we can do so many things that we do is this team is just such a, a bright, basketball team and they can execute so many different things on offense and defense there are things in this and we're getting bored here listen to me but there are things that we did again thursday that we really planned for and really said we were going to see this from kansas city and then we didn't really talk about some of those things for oral roberts because they hadn't really shown them but then some of those things popped up in the game and the team was able to kind of on the fly figure it out and make some adjustments on their own i'm talking in, during the game so they really see things very well and and uh, that helps us with our offensive efficiency helps us with our defensive plan and and certainly can shorten practice when they figure <laughs> things out quickly, too. So that's good. We'll talk more with head coach Aaron Johnston of the SDSU women when the Jackrabbit basketball coaches show continues. We are live inside Cubby Sports Bar and Grill. Stay tuned to the Jackrabbit Sports Network from Learfield. Welcome back to Cubby Sports Bar and Grill, our final segment of the Jackrabbit Basketball Coaches Show, talking with Aaron Johnston, head coach of the SDSU women, who will open up play in the Summit League Tournament on Saturday at 12.30. The play begins on Friday. Eight-seeded St. Thomas meets nine-seeded Western Illinois. The winner of that game on Friday at 12.30 will play the Jackrabbits on Saturday at 12.30. The bottom half of the bracket, seven-seeded Denver, 10-seeded Kansas City. The winner of that game on Friday will face the two-seed, who is North Dakota State, their best Summit League finish since joining the league 15-plus uh, years ago. Bison are the two-seed. NDSU was matched up with the 3-6 game, North Dakota and Omaha. That'll be on Sunday night. The Jackrabbits are matched up with the four and five seeds, South Dakota and Oral Roberts. So if SDSU wins, it would play one of those two teams on Monday afternoon at 1230. And AJ, we talk about the tournament and the new format and all of that, but we know the Denny Sanford Premier Center in Sioux Falls, and we know what Jackrabbit Nation is like. We've talked with Hendo and Maya about it, but I'd love to get your thoughts on what it's like in that building uh, in 
front of Jackrabbit Nation. Yeah, it's great. It's it's the best women's conference tournament in the country, and it has been from even being in the old you know facility. That was still you know electric and fun, and this has taken the experience I think to a, a different level for everybody. Um, and it is. It's just a, a destination event. People plan you know quite a bit in advance. I heard. People work on tickets well in advance to try and make all that work and happen and, and fight through that, you know. So it's it's great, and, and we feel it as we're, you know, out there getting ready and warming up. We feel it when the game's going on. Afterwards, kind of being in the facility, watching other games and seeing people. Um, and so I'll tell you from our perspective, it, it obviously energizes us, impacts us, helps us, so we appreciate the heck out of that. Um, but I don't have any problem saying, you know, Jackrabbit fans carry other parts of that tournament too, even when the SDSU teams aren't playing. And without Jackrabbit fans there, you know some of those those you know they just wouldn't have the same atmosphere for all of the games so yeah huge huge impact in what we do on the women's basketball men's basketball side but just for that tournament South Dakota State has really elevated it and and that's something that everyone should feel good about too got a lot of people and some of them in here who aren't just Jackrabbit fans they are but they're basketball fans and they like to be down there for the whole tournament for sure and I think that's been like that from day one yeah. they really do I don't think that's anything new and and like I said I don't have any problem saying that South Dakota State fans are at the the forefront of that and they make the whole event really what it is so we appreciate that and and i don't think the other you know schools are going to come here and tell you that tonight but i think they appreciate it too i'll say it for them very well done coach uh let's acknowledge uh some of the uh the top tens of peyton burkhardt and maya selland and no knock on drew gilton she just hasn't been here for uh but this year so she won't rank in the top 10 in anything but peyton burkhardt established a new school record with 160 games played she'll of course add to that yes give her a round of applause Burkhart will be, uh, she's third in the school history in field goals made, sixth in rebounds, and seventh in scoring. And then we had Maya up here earlier, of course. Maya Selland is second in scoring, second in field goals made, third in games played, fourth in free throws made, fourth in rebounds, and sixth in assists. Other than that, I'm not sure what she's accomplished. But, but nevertheless, those two, and like I said, uh, Drew certainly an impactful as well, but those two, the, the legacies that they've left and a chance to kind of tie a ribbon on all that here in the next few weeks. Yeah, I think it's great. And I'll be honest with you, you you've talked about it and highlighted it, so I won't do any more with it. I think both Maya and Peyton, we wouldn't be the program we have been the last five years without them. I, there's no question in my mind. And and this has been an unbelievable run. You know, we've lost one regular season game the last three years. We've had we've had some bumps in the road at the end. I think everybody recognizes some adversity we've had to, to deal with, unfortunately, that changed maybe where those teams could have gone. Uh, but from our elite you know or sweet excuse me sweet 16 team to now this has been an unbelievable run like people just don't do this for that long uh, but part of why we've done it for that long is Maya and Peyton in particular have been a part of those teams along with some other really good players um, and as far as like some of the records and things you know I still get people say well you know they've played for that extra year hey I don't care how many years you play it is hard to play for those many that many years you have to stay healthy you have to work at it you have to be focused there are so many seniors that even if they have that extra year one didn't have that impact you know for as long as they have or two maybe choose not to to use it just because they're they don't want to do it um so no I, th I think it's great and they'll they'll be in the record books for hopefully years to come um not because of that year but because they've earned the right to be there they've they've achieved those things they've committed to our program as as much as they have and and uh, our old program goes you know all of those seniors that we've always had a, a great you know bit of gratitude and, and my and Peyton are certainly at the top of that list too so. got to just under a minute left here before we wrap things up Jackrabbit Nation you talked about the impact they make at the Summit League tournament but these fans that come out here every Monday night to listen to us yak this is a special place well next Monday I know everybody will be busy but that Monday <laughs> after I assume we'll all be back here together just hanging out nobody will know kind of <laughs> 
anywhere else to go. Uh, and I'd say this too, you know, the people are great, but you know, Cubbies is great too. And people get a chance to see these events. I think Cubbies just they do so many things behind the scenes for our program too. These are some things that are out front, but but they're uh, you know people here that that have been dedicated Jackrabbit supporters in many many ways. So it's great that we can do the show here, and and that's one small part of it, but they do a lot of other things too. Well, AJ, appreciate the time uh, tonight and all year as always. Best of luck at the Summit League tournament, and uh, we'll be catching up with you plenty here in the weeks ahead. Okay, thank you. He is Aaron Johnston. Thanks to AJ. Thanks to Hendo. Maya Selland, our guest as well. The SDSU women will open up Summit League Tournament play at 1230 on Saturday. Our coverage will start at noon. The men open up play at 830 Saturday. Coverage begins at 8. Won't you join Brad Peterson, Scotty Quaz, and myself all weekend long at the Summit League Tournament in Sioux Falls. For all of us in the Jackrabbit Sports Network family, I'm Tyler Merriam. Have a good night, everybody.